Today on Drawing Near, the Apostle Paul continues to reveal his heart for the Ephesian saints. He does this by sharing his desire and prayer that God would grant them continued growth in Christ. So please open your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 3 and join us for Paul's second prayer. Before we begin, let's go to the Lord in prayer together. And Father, we thank you for the great honor and privilege of knowing you as our Father and God. We're grateful for how you worked in our hearts to bring about salvation in Christ, to open our eyes to the truth of your word. And we pray, Father, that now your truth would speak to us, would work in us, would bring about conviction and correction, instruction and training in righteousness. Help us, Father, to grow in Christ deliberately. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. In verse 14, we read, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. In our last study, Paul says that he was less than the least of the saints. Now in verse 14, we see Paul humbling himself, saying, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is referring to his posture in prayer. God is a king. He's a majesty on high. He's king of kings and lord of lords. And it is a shame that more Christians do not literally bow on their knees before him more frequently. At the very least, we must bow our hearts before the Father. I think if we ever grow to know the grandness, the awesomeness of God, we will bow our knees before him far more. Certainly we will do this in heaven. We're told in Philippians chapter 2 that at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In this passage, it's important to also note that the Father, that the Lord God, is referred to as the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, we see this submission of the Lord to the Father, even though Jesus is God. And in John chapter 1, he is face to face with God on an even plane. But Paul says, for this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he notes again this element of creation that is attributed to God, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. We are all created in the image and likeness of God. We are called by his name. We are his people, whether we live in submission to him or in rebellion to him. That doesn't mean that we're all saved. 
but we all are subject to God the Father, to the Lord God King. So Paul, in preparing to share his desire for the Ephesian saints, begins by setting the tone that he's bowing his knees to the Father, the Father of the Lord Jesus, from him the whole family in heaven and earth is named. And then he says what he desires from the Lord. In verse 16, he says that he would grant you. He uses the word grant because it's not a given. God doesn't have to give us anything. God doesn't owe us anything. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, God is not impoverished in glory. God is not impoverished in power. He is indebted to no one. He is vastly wealthy in grace and mercy, love and glory. So Paul is saying that he would grant you, according to his riches, first, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. It requires strength to follow Christ. It requires strength to grow in Jesus Christ. For our spirits that are at war against our flesh, it requires spiritual strength for us to deny the flesh, take up our cross daily, and follow Jesus. Jesus says that if we are to be his disciples, we need to count the cost. And that's very, very different than the easy believism that we hear in the world today. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Literally what he's meaning is not a cannibalistic mentality. What he is saying is, you must take me in all the way. In Matthew 7, he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. There is this call to a a fellowship, a stewardship, a commitment to Christ. And that requires strength. It requires God's strength. And so Paul says, I'm pleading with the Father on my knees that he would strengthen you with might through his Holy Spirit in the inner man. And it's important. We should already know this. The Holy Spirit is in us. He is in the inner man. He is working in our hearts and lives, reminding us of the things that we have studied and learned, telling us of the truth of God's word, convicting us of sin, correcting us. So the Holy Spirit is at work. And Paul is saying, I want you to be strengthened with might through his spirit. He goes on and says in verse 17, He's asking that God would grant that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Christ is always to be before our eyes. Christ is to consume our hearts. He's not saying that Christ dwells literally in our hearts. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit dwells within us. Christ is at the right hand of the Father. Rather, he's saying that Christ would be the center of our affection, the center of our focus that we would be filled with Jesus Christ and all that he said and all that he did all the time, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Don't just toss through faith onto the end of that sentence. 
Faith is critical in our relationship with Christ because apart from faith, we have no relationship with Christ. So our believing in what Jesus has done on the cross, believing in what Jesus has provided through his resurrection, believing his words, keeping his commandments, Paul prays that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that God would grant this. Then he says that you, being rooted and grounded in love, the church at Ephesus was a loving church. We see that in this letter. Christ alludes to this in the book of Revelation. They were rooted and grounded in love. He says that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height. Now, in the New King James Version that I'm reading from, that's kind of left out there hanging. But what it means is, and it can be seen clearly in the way other translators translate this passage, he's desiring that we may know or comprehend, or that the Ephesian saints may know or comprehend the width, length, depth, and height, the breadth of the knowledge of God, that they may know God fully, as completely as we as human beings are capable of. We need to have an insatiable appetite for knowing God, not knowing about him, not knowing just his word. His word reveals him. We should want to know him. And Paul is praying that you may know God, the width, the length, the depth, the height, that you may know who he is. Because knowing God enables us to keep our focus where it needs to be, our attention where it needs to be, our affections where it needs to be. The more we know God, the more we draw near to God, the more comprehensive our experience is with God, the more we will grow, dedicate, love, worship, serve Him. To know God is to be filled with awe and wonder. And Paul wants us to know him, but not just to know him. This church that was very loving, rooted and grounded in love, Paul says, in verse 19, he says, and I want God to grant you to know the love of Christ, not just to know God, his nature, his character, his works, but to also know the love of Christ. Know the love that Christ has for you. There are so many people in the world today who need to experience love. They don't even love themselves. They don't feel loved by anyone. And Christians honestly should not be in that situation. They should know the love of the church. They should know the love of God. They should know the love of Christ through the work of the Holy Spirit and the Scriptures. But Paul is telling this church, He desires that God would grant that they would know the love of Christ. What kind of love brings God in the form of Christ down to this earth to become a man, to live a sinless life, to be mocked and shamed and ridiculed, falsely accused, falsely convicted, beaten, sent to a cross, crucified, and die? What kind of love drives anyone to that? Paul says, I want you to know the love of Christ. 
which passes knowledge. There is no knowledge that we have with which we can know the love of Christ fully. But Paul desires God to grant that the Ephesian saints would know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. And finally, he says, I desire that God would grant that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Comprehend the width, length, depth, and height. Be filled with all the fullness of God. You know, sometimes we ask young people what they want to be when they grow up. I have yet to hear anybody say, I want to be filled with the fullness of God. I've never heard another individual ever say that. I want to be filled with the fullness of God. Let's consider this for a moment this morning or today, whenever you're listening to this. Do you want to be strengthened with the might of God through His Spirit in your inner person? Do you ask God to give you strength, not just give you strength through some immediate circumstance, but to strengthen you so that you may follow Him the way He desires? Do you ask God that Christ would dwell in your heart more thoroughly through faith? That you may know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge? That you may be able to comprehend the width, length, and depth, and height of God and be filled with all the fullness of God? That's what Paul was praying for the Ephesians. That's what we ought to be praying for our children, for our Sunday school class, for our spouses, our parents our church family, believers everywhere. We ought to be bowing on our knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, seeing him at the head of all things on his throne, and pleading with he who is rich in glory, asking him to do these things in our lives and in the lives of others. Such passion is going to cause us to study the Word of God to worship passionately, to share the gospel unashamedly, to live Christ more intentionally. O Father, open our eyes. Help us to see the authentic spiritual faith that you have called us to in Jesus Christ. That our faith is not something that just gains us access into heaven, But our faith enables us to draw near to you, God, to serve you, to know you, to experience your blessings. I'll speak to our hearts, Father. Open our eyes. Draw us near. Grant these things to us. Somehow, Father, give us an appetite, a desire for the great things that we can possess or experience through faith in Jesus Christ. Help us to know the fellowship of the Godhead, the oneness of the Spirit. Work in us, your people. Grant this to us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.